This is a special coverage. Random searches in the Holyoke High School. On March 5, 2020, Dr. Stephen Mahoney, Executive Principal at Holyoke High School, met with students, teachers, parents, school committee members, and community members to listen to their feedback on the implementation of a random searches policy. This second public meeting was held at the Tea Room in the Holyoke High School Dean Campus and had the participation of students of both campuses of Holyoke High School, teachers, school committee members from wards 1, 2, and 3, students from Smith College and UMass, the Palante Restorative Justice Program, and ethnic studies students among partners and members of the community. Dr. Mahoney opened the session with a timeline of the events that led to the implementation of this policy, followed by questions from the attending public that started with a focus on medication. This meeting continued showing the different angles of how the random searches policy creates more problems than solutions, and it brought some moments of tension and statements worth of scrutiny regarding data research, and consistency in the reasons for the implementation of this random search policy. Dr. Mahoney announced that he will be conducting lunch meetings with students in order to continue gathering input on this matter. However, he didn't provide a specific date for when those meetings will happen. This recording captures a dialogue between Holyoke High School principal and the attending audience from the medication discussion until the conclusion of the meeting. This is a special coverage brought to you by Holyoke Media. So I would just, uh, that's a great question. Uh, let me go to my, you know, Cynthia Carboni is our director of nursing and, and I would uh, I'd, I'd go to her in, in terms of what the policy is on that, right? I mean, if someone's trying to save a life, we're gonna make sure to our very best that, that we're supporting that person. But again, because in the community, the community that we're in here, Holyoke, it's a very big problem and you know, people might have it on their person for when they leave school or before school or something yep that's i i what i would tell you is that i'd, I'd run that up uh, to our, our, our director of nursing and get a, get a sense of that and other medications yeah don't you have to be trained um, to do that to administer that and if you're not people need to be trained um, they need trained kids whatever have a class yeah but you need to be able to, to be ready at all times for it because sometimes you don't know if someone has taken an overdose so people really need to be trained right but so. i guess the wider question too is like uh all medications you said any medication has to be coordinated with the nursing staff correct so if i had to an aspirin is on here but i imagine it's any over-the-counter medication also Typically, it would be if, confiscated from. Would be confiscated, and then yeah. we would work with the family and the nurse to, you know, make sure that that whatever that medical need is is getting met per school policy. So, we'll be spending time on checking kids to see if they have aspirin in their pocket to take it away, because uh, they're not allowed to have any over-the-counter medication. I'm just trying to get a sense of the exact policy. I believe that's the policy, correct? The, the policy is that students are not should not be carrying um, uh, medicine on their person in the school um, without coordinating with the nurse's office. So, for example, this afternoon, this morning, we have a student who needs to use an EpiPen. Um, the policy is that, with parent parent permission and in coordination with the student's pediatrician, that student can now carry the EpiPen. We notify teachers of, of that so that's just trying, just trying to get a sense of what they'll be spending time on here yeah this. yeah 
why do they need to coordinate on that? Why can't they just carry on them? Like, that seems like a serious medical problem. And if they need to carry that on them, and I don't really <coughs> see a reason why they have to. So I was just like, first. that's a standing policy for the district. And, and I think I want to try to turn our focus to to the uh, the this this suggested policy about a random search. Um, and again, I want to just remind folks that we're not necessarily searching for aspirin. We're searching for those things that have a, have a negative impact on uh, learning in a learning environment. And with that said, that stuff is actually in your school handbook and in your yeah. um, public school handbook uh -huh. policies in regards to medication and yeah. stuff. And the reason why is that although some people and some students, it's safe it's semi-safe and they have a good understanding of medication and what it's for some don't and it can accidents can happen and it's a safety to try to make sure that that doesn't happen so it doesn't fall in the wrong hand and somebody's not joking and accidentally you know stick somebody with an EpiPen and it could have a tragic outcome so that's just a safety thing but all those questions are in your handbook I, I, um, I've, read, I've read the handbook yeah I, I mean these are, these are things that we're going to be spending time on if you're searching somebody and spending time confiscating it and calling the parents because somebody had better drill in their pocket. But the, the wider question, actually, I did want to ask a question myself, um, is what evidence do you have that this will make the school safer and reduce use? Cited specifically substance use. What evidence do you have that it will reduce substance use in the schools? Um, so uh, it's a great question, and uh, I would tell you that uh, that. Uh, mm -hmm. The, the lit searches that we have done, it's tough to prove that a preventative policy works. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and this is meant to be a preventative policy. So we're looking for feedback from students and teachers and, and staff around if they think this is going to work or not. There's, I don't have any case studies of schools that have used this and can show a, a, a drop one way or the other. Has it been researched? Yes. It has been yes. Yes, sir. Well, theoretically, if they're searching, um, like say if somebody used to bring weed into school, they might be scared that um, they're gonna get caught because some certain thing might happen, they might get arrested or whatever. So that could theoretically help prevent people from, or lessen the chance of people bringing substances to school. And also the point being that they might not bring it to school and hide it on their person a little better. You're not going to be doing a strip search, right? No. no? Uh, backpacks and, and, and jacket and mm -hmm. pants pockets, things like that. Other questions? Yeah. Now, pepper spray, um, why would they be bringing that to school? So this, has been, this is something that came up that is, uh, um, is, a, 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 is an interesting point, that there are um, some families that um, want to be assured that their children <coughs> are safe and protected as they're walking. Um, to and from school, I, I'm just going to explain to you like where it came, where it came from, um, and so you know part of the the piece, you know, I don't want students to have pepper spray on their person during in school during the school day, um, and I, I think everyone can understand why we would not want that, um, uh, the, how that could go south um, in certain situations. Um, on the flip side, uh, you know, I can I can understand why some folks would want pepper spray, which is not an illegal substance. It's not, you know, that, that why someone would want their child if they're walking home. We have a lot of kids who walk home after practices or rehearsals or after game nights or, or whatever, and it's dock out and parents want to have a, a measure of, of safety. So it's a, it's a, it is a, a question that, you know, 
oh. we're wrestling with like what the right move would be would it be a check in and check out like we understand we we talked to you know we talked to mr gates and mr gates says is you know his son or his daughter um he wants they've purchased pepper spray for him or her they check it in at the front office at the beginning of the day and at the end of the day we have a signed agreement with mr gates that, that we give it to him at the, and 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 then that that would be kind of the way we do it we just don't want it to be in the building if we come across it in someone's bag it's not illegal um, it's not something that we would suspend any student for but it is the kind of thing that we would call home and say listen mr gates steve has pepper spray he's not allowed to have it here on the school day we need you to come on in and pick it up and then we can have a conversation about your concerns before and after school and how we can help uh, keep your kids safe before and after school how would you check on weapons how would you when they come in into the school what procedure would you take as far as weapons are concerned? Yeah, so as I mentioned earlier, that at, at this point, like weapons are not our, our major concern in terms of what we are seeing in, in terms of the, the um, behaviors that are making uh, the school feel or, or be unsafe. Fighting uh, and weed are really the two things that, that are kind of at the top of that list. Um, and so um, we don't search kids students don't go through metal detectors um, here at, at, at Holyoke High School. We would prefer not to have that um, uh, be something and we don't we you know I think metal detectors would be a solution in search of a problem in, in many respects um, and, and I think that would also have a really um, large impact on kind of the feel of the school as, as kids come into the building. So the, 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 the random search piece was a a sense of trying to get out of something that could serve as a preventative measure, but would it be, you know, we're not searching every student, we're not searching every day of the week, we're not, you know, there would just be a, it's there, it's on students' minds. We would hope that students would use that to make the right decision about what to bring or not bring to school. Other questions? Hi, welcome. Yeah. Hi. Hi. Sure. So um, some of them we've already have already talked about. Um, can we carry Narcan? Why can't we have aspirin? What if we carry a weapon for self-defense or pepper spray? Do you guys have a lack of trust and confidence in us because of the areas we live in? Why do we get sent home if we did nothing wrong? What if you got asthma and you bring an asthma pump, but it gets confiscated because it's a drug? What about birth control that a student might bring to deal with cramps? Why jeopardize our education to send us home even though we have the right to refuse? What if somebody gets framed? If I refuse but my parents agree, what happens? And if I say no from my D block, what happens? If my teacher's phone doesn't ring so I don't go up to get searched, do I get sent home? Do you not trust us? How many people will get searched per week and day? So, so collection of questions from students. Okay. Um, let me try to get at that. Um, uh, this is not an issue about areas where kids live in. This is a response to something that's very, like Mr. Gates and I had, you know, a, a, a weed situation here uh, two days ago. We had some major fights here um, last week, and uh, those are real. Those aren't made up. They're in response to real things that are happening um, too frequently, as far as we're concerned. It's not, you know, every day, but it's too frequently. Um, uh, asthma pumps and birth control pills and aspirin, those are covered under our medical 
you know, policies and, and students are able to carry their albuterol with them throughout the day as long as they have, you know, coordinated with the, with the nursing staff. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I sh we should note that, you know, both the North and the Dean campuses not only have, you know, full-time nurses, but we also have the teen clinic. And so students who are in need of, of medical support or attention um, are not in a place where they are going to be waiting, um, you know, for lines for, for you know, kind of situations. So there's, I think that the, the, the medical policy we have is, is super reasonable. I also think that it's super safe. Um, uh, uh, I think that, um, uh, that uh, oftentimes uh, rules that we make say around medicine or rules that we make say around um, searches um, oftentimes are generated by a small amount of, of, of people in any community who cross lines that, that, that either disrupt or threaten the safety and security and well-being of that community. And so that that's, that's where that comes from. So this is not about not trusting all of our students. Um, as a matter of fact, you know, part of it is also that I recognize and know, you know, it, it, you know that, that, that science tells us that adolescents are more prone, you know, brain development-wise to be making you know, decisions that are not completely as thought out um, and as rational and uh, experience-based as adults. And so just because a student makes a bad decision about bringing weed to school doesn't necessarily mean I don't trust that or we don't trust that student as an individual. It just means they made a mistake, There's a, you know, and we're, we're trying to, you know, send a message and, and, and draw a line about don't make this mistake. Um, and then, um, you know, around uh, around the the right to refuse, you know that exists now. I mean, right now, if if we have a reasonable cause to believe that a student or or anyone in the school is uh, um, you know in possession of something that violates the school rules, um, that we are you know we are um, uh, we are obligated not not that we justify, but we're obligated. Um, to search that individual and, and if that individual refuses you know the policy that we have is that they are you know we contact the family and then we send them home and and uh, conference with the family and decide if there's other further consequences and so that would be the same with a random search yes without reasonable cause that if a student refuses a random search yes that they would be someone for the rest of the yep now you yeah, said i mean at, at, <coughs> at this point right I mean, it's, again, I want to just—I want to just say, like, what you have in front of you is our thinking to this point. There's no, there's no policy that's been proposed, but that's our thinking to this point. Are you saying the second offense, um, if they're caught with marijuana, they would have to pay a hundred dollars? Now, when you call the police, now would they? Because down here is saying they could work it off in community service, because kids don't have a hundred dollars. I mean, I know. Teenagers do silly things. Yeah. So the parents would be responsible to pay the hundred dollars. So uh, uh, that's a new law that, that went into effect this 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 calendar year. Um, we're doing it. Uh, our our decision has been that the first time that that we would warn students, have them meet with the with the student school resource officer, so they understood what the potential consequence was, and then the second time that they were caught with with weed. Uh, here that, that we would levy the fine. And we would also contact the family. And then that would be on the student and, and the family uh, to, to work that work that off. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm just curious about how the uh, 
I went to the community dialogue you had last week, and I'm hearing a lot of differences, uh, particularly in the uh, justification behind uh, the implementation of this program or policy. Um, particularly, you say that this is preventative in this case. Uh, last week, you were saying it was a reaction to an anonymous post online mm -hmm. saying that a student was going to bring a weapon in. Yeah. Uh, and that brings me to my second point. Last week, you said it was about weapons. This week, you're focusing mm -hmm. a lot more on the medical yeah. side of it. I, I'm not done yet. Um, because what that alludes to is that then you're saying, okay, there is a difference between that campus and this campus and why you're trying to implement that. And again, that points back to my comment last week, which comments on the fact that it's completely illegal to have such a general policy, a general search policy, infringement of, pol of privacy policy. Um, so are you saying that you're doing it for different reasons for both campuses? If so, why are you having the same policy? Beyond that, on your point of it being preventative, uh, why are we now ignoring the plenty of scholars and students last week that came out and gave uh, not just the research, but the emotions, uh, the uh, stories, personal stories as to why this would not be preventative and how there are more preventative uh, things that you could put in place, restorative justice being the predominant one that was brought up. Um, and then finally, um, you're saying that it's very difficult to prove uh, that some preventative programming works. Uh, I'm a researcher. I've got to tell you that's false. Um, I just, why? I mean, there seems to be so, a lot of inconsistencies and lies so here. A couple of things. So, unfortunately, you missed the beginning of, of today's session, where I opened with the same opening and spoke to the fact that this was in reaction to the November Post that someone made about shooting up Holyoke High School. So, I'm not changing my story. I've also said that, that this is meant to be preventative in terms of keeping students from bringing something to school. I would be happy if every time we searched, we never found anything. Okay, so it is meant to be preventive in terms of preventing students making decisions about bringing things to school. Um, the, the third piece, uh, I believe, I think so. Um, the third piece is, this is a second open piece that I'm having. So sitting here today and listening, in no way is a, is a form of ignoring what people said last week. It's simply a way of giving other people who didn't have the opportunity to join last week the chance to do so. So I, uh, we haven't made a decision at all. We're listening to hear what people have to say. And, and third, and, and, and the last piece I would just say is that, you know, uh, you know I would just ask that you, you know, uh, uh, what I'm doing is, is trying to hear what people have to say like see like there's data and then there are articles if people want to share articles with me people have shared articles with me great if people want to share data with me I'm more than interested to, to see data yeah, I, just, uh, I, I want I want to move around and let some other folks and then because I, I, I see your hand but I'm trying to get some first-time folks too thanks
Um, I'm a teacher here at Dean. Um, I come from research background. I lived in New York City under stop and frisk, so I have a lot of opinions about the situation at hand. My main question is that if we're concerned about student safety, we're concerned about either the issue of weapons from outside the district being brought in or the drug use in the district, why aren't we implementing evidence-based things like educating students about drugs? We don't have a health class right now that teaches students about drugs. And the fact that students are asking so many confused questions about being punished for birth control and aspirin in the same way as you know something that would be illegal, like that tells me that we have a need here for education, that we have a need for preventative things that actually teach people. We're a school, we should be teaching. So even if students stop bringing things to school, if they're making bad decisions at home, I'm still concerned about that. So I would love to see some plans brought forward, not just for restorative justice for when a bad thing happens, but like really preventative, you know, really teaching people ahead of time and harms reduction. And, you know, I've emailed about a lot of different studies and programs and curriculum, and I'd be really happy to work with people on that. Um, but that's sort of my, my angle and my, what I would like to see come out of this. Great. Uh, I, I, I just, Al and I are, are talking about growing out as, as Dean grows, being able to offer uh, more classes um, here on this campus in particular. We do offer health on the North Campus. Um, next year, we fully anticipate um, being able to offer health classes. Um, uh, if we get the staffing allocation that we think we're going to be getting based on the rise in numbers on this campus. Hang, hang on a sec. Well, can I, I just, there's another hand. I'm just trying to get first time folks. So, yeah. um, well, I just want to echo what everyone is saying who's against this policy, but also um, wanted to respond to your comment on like, this is not, you know, metal detectors or anything like that. As someone who is now a grad student and a researcher um, who came from a high school that started with random search policies and went to metal detectors and then went to hall sweeps. Um, I just want to make the point that this is a very slippery slope um, to those things. And also, you are pushing students out of school. So one of the things in here is saying that if something is found in a student amongst all of these things, whatever, um, you're they're going to leave school for the rest of the day. That means that students are not learning. You're taking them out of class. Students have responsibilities at home. If they're not learning in school and they're behind, they're not able to balance all these responsibilities. Mm -hmm. And I'm speaking as someone who went through something like this and is now also an educator um, at different places. So I think one, it's a very slippery slope. And two, this is a school. Students are supposed to be learning and you're pushing them out with this policy. When we invited students to come today or just let them know that, that meeting was happening and looked at the policy or what was in place, the draft, um, one of the students said, I feel like if I go to that meeting, I'm going to speak my heart and that's not going to change his mind. So I'm just going to stay home. And so I just want you to know that that's like the feeling among a lot of students that when the meetings are scheduled after school, um, like for a lot of kids, we can't. I mean, I have four seats in my car, right? Ten seats in the school van. And so there's a lot of students who. Um, when we read through that initial email that came through in December with students and there were 10, 10 ways to keep our schools safer, the first nine they felt great about. And we got to 10 and there was like this audible like, what? In the room around that search policy. And I think a lot of kids feel really left out of the conversation and they feel like that this might just be a charade. And so they're scared to show up and like get their hopes up that you're going to hear them. And so I just want to invite you to come during the school day, whether that's just smaller classes. I mean, I understand like 
an assembly with 200 kids is a hard place to have a conversation, but there's a lot of kids that are feeling like the decision has been made and, and that this is not actually a space for their voices to be heard. Is there anybody else? Uh, you're first. Uh, uh, and Chris, I got you. Are you sure? Okay. So two things. Um, one is in respect to your random search policy scenario. You pick out of those names, you have three of them. One happens to be physically and cognitively impaired. One happens to be a national honor student. And the other one happens to be of a parent that's well known in the city of Holyoke. Are you really going to search them? Are you going to decide? Well, I know they wouldn't. That's the problem that I have. The other thing is, and out of experience, this would be my son when he was here at Dean Tech. There was a year where he was standing out with his friend. Somebody saw the friend coming with a weapon. The weapon ended up in my son's backpack. When the person reported it to the principal, now I have my son there who's being handcuffed and brought to jail. Now I can't go see him, I have to wait till we go to court. And now, thank God, because he doesn't have a record, he got that for six months you have to do something and then it's kind of, it right. didn't happen. Yeah. But you never know what could happen. These, like to me, these, the random search, I don't agree on random searches, I think it's a setup. And I also think that it's, once you get, say, you get caught with something, whatever the case may be, you're already a target. Like, they're always gonna assume you have something, so how is that beneficial? To me, it's not beneficial. I think we have to have more trust, trust in our students, and I'm sure that, like you said, if we start educating, the, the problem here is that we don't empower and we don't educate. We tend to maintain, we wanna maintain our people at a certain level so that we start feeling like they need us. I, to me, I don't need anybody to come in here to save me. I don't think the city of Holyoke needs anybody to come here to save us. What we do need is for people to help us and empower us to be just just like everybody else. That's just my thinking. Yeah. Um, so I just have a quick question. But I didn't get the response as to if they're physically well, uh, and cognitively impaired in a wheelchair, yeah. they can't talk, are we going to search them? Are they part of that process? If they're well known, are they part of that process? And if they're on the National Honor Society and they're the goody two-shoe kids, are they being as well so I would searched? Say, I would say for, I could answer 100% certain yes on two and three. I think on one, I would really want to think that through with our- with Then our, it's not, then it's not I, a random search. I, I'm, I'm just being honest with you about about being wanting to be, I mean, we have some students who are, um, uh, significantly developmentally delayed and and requires such full-time adult assistance that to search them is really like I, I would and I'd be open I like I'd be really honest like listen before we were to do anything like this there may be some students who are exempt from this and, and exempt because of their because of that situation that you just identified but it would be have to be someone with with super significant kind of developmental needs that, that we would be looking at doing. Can I just I get Chris? I have one more thing to say. But I, I, I want the parents involved. I got it. Okay. I got it. Okay. 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 
I just want to say that for first, you know, when I when I heard about this first, I, I just because of the way my mind works, I try to look at both sides of the thing. You know, what I mean, that's just the crazy way my mind works. No matter how crazy this thing sounded to me, I still tried to find a way that it made sense. Um, that was when I first heard about it. Um, however, my mind completely that that whole thought process completely changed when I watched the first video of this meeting, and it was made completely clear that this was not a, a risk issue, this was not a safety issue for students. Mm -hmm. When I heard that, that's when I, because the only way I could defend this this whole thing was, are the kids not safe? Is there really that many weapons being brought into school? Are kids bringing guns into school? I went to Holyoke High, I went to SciTech in Springfield. I seen guns get bring into school in Springfield. You know what I mean, I watched it happen. Those are the type of things that scare me and say, you know what, maybe we need to push something else. Maybe not a random suit, but we need to push something else. However, biggest thing that goes off in my mind, school to prison pipeline, this is a one-step process. Working in Holyoke High, knowing this neighborhood, you're dealing with students that are already dealing with the oppression of police force. Um, they scared. And I'll say it like that, because they won't tell you that, but they're scared of presence in certain aspects. They've been through certain shit where, excuse my language, they've been through certain things where, you know, that force hasn't necessarily been a positive force in their life. They're already in the school. They've already had positive and negative um, impact with those students. Um, I think we need to keep building those trusts with these people first. Off rip, uh, the, uh, the, the police officers in the schools, they need to build a little bit more trust, first of all. Know their students a little bit more, I think. Um, because once this random search things happen, you're just gonna, I already see it, bro. I, I can tell you. It's, it's gonna be argument after argument. Balante is gonna be doing a lot of work. Um, I just, that's what I see, that's what I see. And it's unfortunate. I think education, number one, um, just to bounce off of somebody, education is number one. I think that for a while now, even while we were a student there, um, and having Mr. Feinberg, I'll, I'll pump Mr. Feinberg real quick. Um, we've always been pumping for education on normal life stuff. These kids need it. Banking, you know, the street stuff, how to stay away from it, what your options are where you can go to talk to people if you're not comfortable to talk to your peers about what's going on. All those things need to happen in place. We can't just say, we're gonna search you now. Mm -hmm. The other thing, who's gonna do it? Um, the searches, who's gonna do the random searches? I don't know if it says it on the paper, I'm not gonna lie. I, I will be honest, I skimmed it quick. <laughs> um, but that also goes through my mind because you know the first thing I think about is when you give a person you know, power and you tell them, this is what you can now do. Um, whether you say random or not, they are gonna turn on a switch. It's just a switch, bro. This is I could even say that I would be guilty of it. If I was given the opportunity to random search people, I'm gonna look, I'm gonna look people up and down and be like, you look like you might have some, can I check your pocket? You know what I'm saying? Like, versus, she's okay, she's good. She can have an, I work security now full time. She could very well be the person who has a weapon on her versus him. You know what I mean? I've seen it happen. And those are the things that go through my mind. Who's gonna, 
know what I mean? And, and of course, special education, you know what I mean? Like how I literally worked the case, I've literally worked the case where I had a student that was special education with a weapon. How do you work that? How do you work that? What was going through that person's mind at the time? Well, scared to go to school, scared to jump on the bus, scared to whatever his route is, doesn't feel like he's safe enough to walk to school without something on him. Well, it's hard to argue that point sometimes, you know what I mean? And But they are young and it's, it, it is a, I hear you. You don't want weapons in school, absolutely not. But it's also we got to look at the demographic of where we at, and really hold attention to what. This is a lot of people here. I mean, this makes this makes enough noise, I think, for it to be said that this something else has to be done. Point, please. I appreciate you. As a single parent, both my sons graduated from this school. The parents need to be involved, and I have a problem when it comes to kids. You mess with them, you mess with me. And the parents need to be involved. So whatever you guys come up with, make sure the parents are involved. That's all I'm saying. First of all, I just wanted to say, like, I, you know, thank you for being here, but, um, but no, and, and not but. Um, it seems to me that all this conversation is about if or when, not if. Like everything I've been hearing and the way that you've been talking is, about when you're going to do it, not if you're going to do it, even though you've said that it's not a, a definite yet. That's just the impression I've got from the way you've been talking. And it seems like what's being done here and what people have been talking about is just how to make it more palatable. And I have to say personally, for me as a parent and as a member of this community, it's not palatable. Second of all, we've talked about research and there's lots of research and, you know, I, as I say, I, you know, um, I, I know there's lots of research out there. I could go look it up, but we're not propo I'm not proposing this. I'm saying that you shouldn't do this. You're proposing this. The school district is proposing this. So the burden of proof is on you all to prove that it will work and that it's useful and that it's needed. Not 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 for me to disprove that. So I feel that, that like that's a very that's a very basic you know tenet of science academia mm -hmm. that somebody making a claim has the burden of proof on them. Mm -hmm. And from the research that I've done as just kind of a regular layperson, is there is no proof that it works and that the actual the proof says that it actually harms communities and it harms people and it harms students. And if you'd like to look that up, I'm sure you can find it. There's ample evidence out there. That's all I wanted to say. Thank you. Good, thanks. Just scanning the room, hang on one second. How do we know that these searches are actually gonna be at random and you're not just saying that they are? Um, so again, I, 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 if I'm given the impression like it's a when and not an if, like I, I really, let me just say again, I, I, I guess when people are asking questions about like how this is going to operate, I, I'm I'm giving you my sense of like if we were to do this, this is how it would operate, which doesn't mean when we do this, right? So I just want to be super clear about that. So we've we we've talked about using a student information system does not have the capacity to generate like eight random names out of out of school brains. We can't we can't do that. So. The, the second way of doing it, and, and the, initially the idea was to simply do it the way that it's done in Springfield, which is the way that Chris said, kids go through the metal detector in Springfield and then they kind of go, okay, come on over here, we're gonna search you, right? And they say it's random, but I, I mean, I, I would agree with Chris, like you don't know what biases you, you, I mean, we don't know some of the biases we have and we do know, and those play a factor in, in that kind of truth. So the other way that we looked about doing this was to use a, a, a like a, a digital number generator. On, on this campus, it would be next year numbers one through three fifty. That's as many students as we have, and if number seventeen, one hundred and twelve, 
217 and, and 300 showed up, we would then match that against the, the alphabetical order of, of school brains. And that's those are the four students that we would choose or, or five or, you know, we're looking at, you know, something between, if we were to do this, again, we're looking at maybe six to 10, you know, when, when we do this. Um, so there's, there would, there would be that. Um, th that's how we would do that. We, <clears throat> we had, you know, some conversation with some folks around having, you know, not just administrators in the room when we generate, you know, those numbers and, and, and match them up um, against the names. And then the other piece that we, 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 if, if we were to do this is to like report out to folks on the kind of the, the uh, demographics of how many freshmen versus how many seniors, how many boys versus how many girls, how many Latinx students versus how many white students, how many special ed students or ELL students, to really parse it out to make sure that like, is this you know, truly random, it would match, it would come close to matching our demographics um, as much if it were, if it were truly um, random. And doing that on a, figuring out what the right, what the right frequency of that is. Is that weekly, is that you know, bi-weekly, is that you know, monthly kind of thing. So that's the, the thinking of trying to make it be as open and transparent, you know, as, as possible without saying, Al Gates will be searching you D-block kind of piece. Right? So that, that, that's, that's what that is. Is there back there, that's your hand or no? Hi, hi, my name is Joel. I'm a, I'm a staff member with the Parlante Resort Justice Program and also do uh, teacher education work here um, uh, in Holyoke Public Schools District. Um, so it seems like you put this conversation under this banner of, of safety, right? And, and I know folks today and, and last week have started to talk about how policies like this disproportionately impact certain groups of students, right? Um, whether they do have something or whether they don't, right? And think you, I, you mentioned earlier talking about mistakes that young folks make, right? Um, in terms of like their stages of development where they're at, right? And, and recognizing that this is an opportunity to intervene on those mistakes, right? Yeah. I, I think that a statement in itself is also a failure to recognize the implications of actually implementing this policy, right? We spoke about school division pipeline. We talked about how getting something in terms of like on your record, in terms of what, what, what students have to go through if something happens. There's implications for that. There's implications for if a student doesn't have anything on them in terms of the trauma that they have to experience in going through a search. Um, so I just, I, I put that out there because it seems like, again, we're talking about safety. We're also talking about how this is disproportionately impacting certain groups of students. And I wonder, and, and I, I, ask, I ask you in all sincerity, like how do you see this policy aligning with the district's goal and vision for equity and racial justice, right? The district continues to name that as as something that they're striving for, right? Um, and you being part of that, right? That, that, that's what the leadership wants. They want equity, they want racial justice. So how do you see this kind of policy in alignment with that? How would you define? I, I think a lot of us would be interested to understand how you define equity and racial justice. And, and, and where do you see like the direct connection between these two things? Um, so, Again, I, 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 I just go back to wanting to uh, 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 support, promote, develop, strengthen um, the, the sense that all students and all teachers and staff feel safe emotionally, physically, socially uh, in, in the building. 
uh, in both uh, in both of our buildings. Um, uh, equity, I, I see Joel as uh, as intentionally uh, creating programs, supporting opportunities, providing support, um, and uh, and building kind of curriculum and, and supporting you know excellent instruction that helps uh, 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 that helps all students reach an, uh, an excellent education but that uh, but that focuses um, extra supports on those students uh, who uh, for any number of reasons be they uh, 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 learning or or social or language or uh, or physical or ac or, or uh, economic reasons are not at the place where they could be at, they're at the best of their they're at the they're, they're at their highest potential um, and uh, so that that's how I would you know in a room with everyone looking at me defining it right now that's how I would that's how I would get at that um, and uh, you know I think that um, you know what we're what what we're I, I get that there's a tension between um, or in terms of, of, of racial justice I feel like it is uh, it is it is not okay to, and, and I'm, I'm sure everyone in the room agrees with me, it is not okay to accept as normal or okay having, to, having kids getting high in bathrooms or having kids come to school um, with the intent of distributing uh, uh, weed to other students. I'm sure everyone in this room agrees on that. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and I do not see searches as a silver bullet. They're not a one, they're not a solution that's gonna fix everything. They would be, a, if they come on in, they would be a part of, uh, of a broader range of things, whether that is increasing uh, you know, our, our health classes, whether that's changing our health classes and looking and making sure they're getting at the right things, whether that is holding students more accountable for behavior that puts at risk you know, other folks. And so, if I'm understanding that correctly. I, I don't think that holding people accountable for making bad decisions to have an impact on others is, is uh, incompatible with wanting to support a school that supports all kids to learn well. I don't think, that, I don't think that's the case. So, and we may disagree on that, but, but, I, but I don't think that's the case. I'm not saying that this is the only way that we would be that we would hold students accountable. As I've said before, it's, what I'm hoping is that it's preventative if it goes forward, right? And that was the, the intent of it was to be preventative. Yeah, it just seems like accountability seems to what you being what you're centering here, right? And I think when I'm he I, I'm hearing that because I think the policy what ends up happening here, as opposed to thinking about programs that was spoken about earlier, it seems like we're putting the onus on young folks. To, to take charge on this, right? It's quite frankly, it's lazy policy, right? 
we're putting onus on young people to say that you need to make a better decision before you come in here, understanding that young folks are, are being put in a position. If we're understanding structures, right, we're understanding that young folks are coming into this mm -hmm. with something prior, right? That there's other things happening outside of here, right? What are we messaging to young folks? Like, right, schooling is about, right, we're, we're asking young folks to be civically engaged. Like, we're asking them to ask questions. Like, what are we messaging when we're saying that the, the ends justify the means? Mm -hmm. The ends justify the means. That's what we want our young people to be taking on in terms of their leadership skills. I'm just seeing, I'm not understanding this because it seems con I, completely I just, contradictory. Listen, I would just say that one, you know, to, to say that we're not having those conversations and that we don't have those programs for our, for our young people at Holyoke High School is wrong. Is that a full investment? I don't think that's true. Is that full investment? I don't, I, we can disagree on, on what you consider full investment, but I don't think that that's true. I think that we do go out of our way to try to hire people who, Anyways, I, I, I'm not, I want to focus on this, on, on this conversation. Um, Ma'am, I haven't heard from you, and we haven't heard from you, and then Chris, and then, and then so got, yeah. My name is Leslie, I'm a community member here in Holyoke. Um, I'm just wondering, like, what are, I know you want to focus on this policy, but you've heard feedback from both students, parents, community members, like, what's your next steps to incorporate community input into decision-making about this policy? So, um, the next step to incorporate community input is to have a couple of uh, lunch meetings um, uh, during the school day on both campuses so more students can attend. That's the next step there. Um, and then I think um, I would, uh, uh, you know, be then sitting down and, and taking into account everything that I've heard uh, and read, um, and uh, making uh, making a decision around what I want to recommend to the superintendent, and then I would imagine the superintendent would have uh, his own process for getting feedback on that. And that's that, that's what I see as kind of next steps um, for here. Yeah. So um, this whole process seems fairly intensive in terms of staff time and administrative time in terms of like, you know, making, sh like having multiple people in the room while the number is generated and also for teachers, um, you know, um, having their student released from class. I'm not mm -hmm. sure who's in charge of calling families if their student, or to let them know that their student was searched. So all of that takes a lot of time and energy, you know, from teachers and administrators. I'm just wondering if that time and energy and possibly money, you know, if you, say were to hire another staff member to kind of oversee this process couldn't that time money energy be used you know to um, increase programs that you already have or add other programs to try to get at the root of you know why students might be bringing drugs or weapons to school yeah I would, I would, I would just say that it's, it's, it, you're right this is we create an investment of time which is why it's once a week and not every day kind of piece but we're already spending time addressing, you know, some of these the, the problems that are that have generated this, the, like the thinking about okay, what can we do? Honestly, I mean, this is really about how can we do less of addressing the behavior that this is trying to get at, and not so like more. If you had more counselors on staff, say mm -hmm. that might you know be a more positive way of addressing this. And and and, and wow. we have we have increased our counseling staff you know, on both campuses uh, almost every year. Um, 
over the last three, four years. So we are, and, and we're planning on doing that again as we grow out here at, at, at Dean Campus. So we are growing out our, 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 um, our, um, our counseling staff and our student support staff. We are growing out you know, our health program. We are growing out. We have freshman advisory we piloted this this year on the on the north campus, and we're looking at, at you know perhaps piloting it here on the on the dean campus as well. So those things are those things are you know kind of happening as well as you know continuing our partnership with the teen clinics and with our therapeutic partners um, in the community. So those things are happening. It's really trying to get at instead of having you know. Uh, Mr. Gates or myself or whomever investigating, you know, and spending an hour investigating a situation just to not have the situation at all. And that would be that would be a welcome trade-off, the amount of time that we spend on it now on a weekly. Um, uh, yep, and then I got you in the back, Chris. So on the number generator thing, say um, if a student wants to be enrolled two times in two different weeks, yeah. like two weeks in a row, yeah. would you re-roll it or would you tell them to come down? Because as me, myself, as a student, if I was to be enrolled twice, um, two weeks in a row, I'd feel like I'm being targeted. Yeah. So would you re-roll it, like for me, or would you ask me to come down um, for the second week? We would, in order to keep it truly random on, on every day, we would we would have that person, we would, we would do it, I, I think. That, like my, my first hit on that is that we would do it again. We we uh, I, I did it the number the number generator like a number generator not the one that we would use I'm, I'm not sure but I did one and I ran you know like you know thirty names on 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 the north campus there were no repeats. Now yeah, I understand uh, the chances are low, but like say if it would happen, I, I think if it's truly going to be random each week, then it would have to be truly random each week, and, and that would mean that if my number came up two weeks in a row that 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 would be that yeah so i mean i would hope it doesn't because that would be like i would totally get how the student could be like what's going on here with that so um i, I sorry was i had chris in the back and then um i just want to i just want to also so also introduce myself my bad i'm medina i am ex um i was former employee with Belanda and holy i'm still board member of um, another observation I made when watching the video was somebody, my, my uh, friend Israel, uh, made an observation that, you know, if we were to have this back when we were in school um, versus now and how that would have impacted us. And, you know, a lot of kids, like you said, you mentioned, you know, do we agree? And obviously we won't agree with, you know, students drug dealing and having drugs on them and all these things but there's also again education that needs to go into these things what these drugs are what they do to you um i will tell you i've had countless conversations with students about marijuana usage when i was at the school what it really does to you when you're not of age and certain things and what these laws are meaning now that are coming to our state because you cannot Forget about that either. You know, these kids are not stupid. They will, I've had students come, hey, it's legal, you know. What, you need to be able to teach that, you know what I mean? Um, and what it means to get in trouble having it when you're not supposed to have it and all those things, you know. Um, I've also 
putting this in play will, when I think about my work, all the students that I actually helped with certain things and the peers that they had and the, the decisions they were making because of their peers, um, this is not only gonna affect the students that do get caught with the drugs or with whatever and end up getting in trouble, this is gonna affect their peers. They're not gonna wanna start coming to school. They're gonna, you know, if they were using and they got it, you know, and they're not a dealer, they're gonna now be looked at as a certain way now because they have the, this is all a record thing, man. And I feel like you're, you're eliminating a couple chances that they got because of the, the age that they got and the community that they're supposed to have at this age. And we push that community thing, right? And um, they should be able to entrust in us and, and be able to say, listen, this is what's going on. This is, and this is a sure way to tell them, you know what I mean? You can't, you can't have, it's, it's somebody else said, you know, you're, you, it's, you, you come to school with this, you're, you're done. You know what I mean? You're done if you come to school like this. And that's also gonna put, I'll give you a flip side, it's gonna put the power in some people's hands too. You know, the, I won't front like there aren't students that thrive off of that, I got in trouble. I got in trouble, now what? And this is just gonna put them in a, a different position to just, can, and I mean, you, that, this is gonna go one or two extremes where it can really hurt them or it can really hurt them. <laughs> in two different ways. It's just two different ways. But it's, I don't see, a, I really do not. Uh, I really have, man, I'm, I'm telling you, man, I really have tried to see a positive impact in the way this goes, but I will go back to the fact that people still, and, and I was, honestly, too, um, no offense, but people keep throwing that safety word out. That that was a race, the first meeting. Why are we even bring, no offense, but for me, that was a race, the first meeting. This ain't about safety. It was made clear. There was a statement made that this was not about safety. This is, and I don't want to politicize this. But it's war on drugs. And... It's evident and there's studies and classes taught about the war on drugs and who that really targeted and what really happened. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't yeah. see this going any different. Mm -hmm. yep. Thank you. I just wanted to say like, what I did say is like, it's not about weapons. But to me, it, it, like, I, I think that this is more an issue around uh, safety, like emotional and social safety, more than it is anything else, right? Although here at the Dean Campus, working heavy machines, being under the influence is a total, it, that also has a physical safety piece to it as well, like for the community kind of piece. So, Luke. Um, I'm going to stand up because I have like an extremely quiet voice, but um, I guess I wanted to like first say it's true that you have. Um, in the year and a half you've been here, like increased supports for students, including supporting their sort of justice program, um, you know, creating the full-time student support room coordinator position. So on, I, I have felt really like kind of optimistic about like the direction we're heading. And I've been here eight years, we've had four different principals mm -hmm. and I've been kind of excited about, you know, a leadership team that seems like really invested in student support. And I really feel like this is a step backwards and I just, I mean, I feel like personally, like I've been grieving, like I've been sad. Um, like I've woken up sad in like a different way than I had before. Um, and I think it's a missed opportunity. I think that I'm seeing like a greater division between students and administration and that's not what Palante is about. Um, Palante is about, you know, student voice and like finding out what are you passionate about? What do you want to mm -hmm. change? How can we make this school community better? 
and that's what we're mobilizing around now. And I would just see this as like an opportunity for you and for your leadership team to embrace that and be like, whoa, I had a blind spot. Mm-hmm. I'm Dude. so grateful that we have these amazing student leaders and commu- community members who care. And I learned something in this process and thank mm-hmm. you. And like, let's move forward together. I still think that's totally possible. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm available for that. And I think that like students and that's I imagine awesome. community are too. Like there's this awesome opportunity of like all these amazing people in the room who want to like work with you on this. And, and I just, I just like, I pray that you will step into that. Cause I think there's mm-hmm. like, it's an invitation, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I do, like I said, I do see that we're like aligned in so many ways. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, um, oh, yeah. Um, my name is Javier Camacho. I'm with the restorative justice group. Um, I just wanted to ask like a question, a quick one. Um, and I don't know if you answered it before or not, but I just wanted to know how do you think it will impact like the students? Like, how do you think it'll, the students will feel or like anything? Like, I just want to get a quick thought of it, your thoughts. So, so one, I, I've certainly heard, uh, I've certainly heard from from folks that um, uh, that having this policy, just the simple having of it, or being searched through this policy would be really hard for them and would bring up, you know, um, uh, things that have happened uh, to them either in schools prior to Holyoke High School, at Holyoke High School, or simply out in the community. So I've, I've heard that 100% um, in, in these forms. That's the student voice that I've heard in these forms. I've also heard from student, from other students who have just said, you know, this makes sense, just, you know, do it because you're right, we have a problem in school and it, it bothers me and I don't feel like I can go to the bathroom between eight o'clock in the morning and three o'clock in the afternoon or 7.30 in the morning and, and 2.35 in the afternoon. And that, I, I don't like going to a school where I'm running home yeah. because oh, I haven't been. So, uh, so, um, so I, I think that there's, there's a rant and then there's a bunch of everything in between. Um, and, uh, and then the other piece is just, what I'm hoping for, I think that's what you asked, right? What I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll say like you're saying you heard, but I'm saying like, what do you think? Like, what, how how do you think it will impact us, like students? Well, um, how I think it's going to impact is is really driven by what I'm hearing from students, right? Because how I hope it would be is that that it would it would people would just be a little, they would be more on point about what they what they do and they don't bring to school, right? And then the other piece is that, that I would hope that um, students would think that we're doing this not to catch you, um, but to protect what, what I want to be like a world-class environment for kids to, to, to learn in and for, teachers and staff to work in. That's, that's what I'm hoping. Destiny in the back? I've, I've been seeing her hand up for a while. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, so based on your, um, well, I have two statements in the question. So based on your logic of accountability, I think that if, I'm gonna say if, if this policy is implemented, it's a very bad decision that will heavily negatively impact students. 
Um, I'm hearing a lot of answers that is talking about how to improve this policy when a lot of students, parents, community members, teachers are saying they don't want it at all. Um, and my question is that because I, I know from experience and from research that a lot of students are gonna drop out. Um, parents are not gonna send their students to school. And three, teachers are going to say no. So when teachers say mm -hmm. no or parents don't send their students to school, what are you gonna do about that? What, mm -hmm. One, what is the consequences on teachers and what are you gonna do about that? Because a lot of students are gonna fight back, including teachers and parents. Yeah, so I know that that that, uh, that came up last week. Uh, look, the expectation is that if there's a school policy and you're a part of the, the professional staff um, or you're working uh, with the professional staff, you're expected to enforce and to cooperate with, uh, with the school policies. But if they don't? Then, you know, then there's progressive discipline. And that could be so in everything. So once again, students are I not really learning not, and teachers are I not really teaching. I really need to finish. Right, so people choose where to work, and and you make a choice where to work every day, and if if the policy were to were to change, or any policy, or if we have any standing policy at the school, my expectation is that teachers are going to follow the policy at the school, and when they don't, depending on on the policy, it, it can become a part of progressive discipline, or it's a part of of, of a teacher evaluation. So phone policy and not being 100% enforcing a phone policy would be different than refusing to, you know, allow a student out of your classroom in order to be searched. Like that's a that's a different. Those are those are two different kinds of things, and and one is a far greater, uh, uh, you know, concern of mine than in terms of continued employment and the other. So let me just go to Destiny. Destiny. I have like a lot of anxiety right now for the simple fact that just speaking about this, just thinking about it gives me anxiety because I was in middle school and I was searched. I had a really bad experience. My friends had a really bad experience. So I just feel like what this is doing is breaking my community. Um, and it's breaking me as a person because I don't know how I'm supposed to feel safe walking through the school doors when this hasn't even happened. Mm -hmm. And I'm mad at the fact that there was no, like, things done ahead of time. Like, there was no assembly to talk to students about, like, drug use in the school. There was no conversations with students talking about, like, listen, this is not what we do at our school. This is not how we have things at our school. I don't want this at our school. There was no conversations with students upon it. I feel like there's a lot of adults, or, like, a lot of adults talking, but, like, I don't feel like students are there and it's like Palante shouldn't only be Palante shouldn't be the voice for the school. You know what I mean? They shouldn't only be the ones like yes, we're in the school, but we shouldn't only be the ones being heard because there's tons of students at that school and tons of other students that need to be heard. So I just don't understand why we can't have a conversation like this at an assembly or something, or why we can't have other meetings that are during the school day that students can attend to, because not a lot of students have a way to come to meetings if they don't have transportation. And I know a lot of adults that are bending backwards just to get students to come to these meetings, just so that we're being heard, because this is how much it matters to us.
And I just don't feel like if drug was such, like if drug use was such a big issue in our school, why aren't there any classes to educate us about it? Because I remember when I was younger, I used to have classes about how, and assemblies about how drugs use like was bad and why it was bad and the effects of how it affected us. And it just made me think like, bro, like this is really, really bad. Like we shouldn't be doing that. And all my friends thought the same way because we were educated, because we were informed. And I don't feel like we're being educated. I don't feel like we're being informed. And I don't feel like some of the classes that we have our school at our school are helping our students because they have nothing to do with the everyday things that we're facing. They're not having to do anything with the reality that we have to face every day. And um, I just don't feel like there's much communication between like parents and students. Like when was there anything about any conversations with students about this whole like drug use policy or like anything because this is talking all about safety but I don't feel safe and it hasn't even started. And I'm holding back from like falling to tears right now because how much it angers me and how much it hurts at the fact that maybe I won't be searched, but my friend will be searched. And it's still like, it hurts me because it's like, we haven't done anything. And what's the difference from randomly searching somebody on the street and randomly searching somebody in school? I don't see the difference. That's all I have to say. I school committee and I can't speak for the whole our school committee, but I'm gonna speak for myself. Um, she's absolutely right. When I was in school in New York as a kid, we had assemblies. And what helped me to never smoke, they showed black lungs, they showed a film with people with clean lungs and showed people with black lungs. And it really got to me in the assembly. And I never smoked because of it. When I saw them scraping the stuff off the lung, I said, oh my God. And I tried to go and cut class with kids and it just didn't work because when I saw the black lung and I saw what they were scraping off that lung, I never ever wanted to smoke. So you do need to have training. You need to train. And I want you guys to know Ward 2, Rosalie Tinsley Williams, I'm here for you. I was a single mom. Um, my husband left when my kids was five and seven. They graduated from this school. They're 51 years old now and 49 years old. And as a single mother, I'm not bragging, but they turned out pretty good considering. So anything you all need, my number's on the TV, channel 12. Give me a call. I can hang out with you and I can help you. So, I'm Jaylene and I'm a senior from Holyoke High School. And you said that you want to implement this because you have heard students say that they don't feel safe but like there's proof saying that this doesn't work so are you gonna try to find a way like a different way that actually works like you do the research like the person said over there like why do we have to do the research for you like you're the one who wants to implement it so you have to do the work and i feel like you should find a different way to help them like how are you gonna help one like a few students and then not help the students that are being searched like what if they find drugs or whatever, how are you gonna help those students to get the help they need? Like, it, it can't just be one, a few students who feel like, oh, I don't feel safe, like, I can't go to the bathroom. Like, you searching students isn't gonna help that. Like, oh, people are still gonna bring drugs to school and other things to school. They could hide it in lockers. They could give it to their friends. Like, oh, I'm gonna be searched, like, here. 
it's not gonna help. Like you need to find a different method to help these students. Thank you. But just you know, you know, today we had a student that was in possession. They went to the clinic center. They met with the counselor, the counselor and administrator conference with the family. Uh, they made a plan for, for moving forward. We introduced the family to the teen clinic and resources that are there at the teen clinic. And then, and then you know, the day was over. And, so and you're already doing that without randomly searching? When we have reasonable cause to search a student, we'll, we, we search students. Mm -hmm. Yes, we are. Yeah. So a um, couple more comments, um, and then I'll, I'll go in, in the jean jacket. Yeah. Hi. Um, I go to Smith College, but I've been working here as a TA um, here at Dean for over a year now. Um, I just want to go back to something that you said a minute ago, Dr. Mahoney. You said, like, people choose where to work um, when you were asking. I'm sorry, I don't know your name, but when you were asking, like, what would happen if teachers were to not support this policy? And, like, to me, what that says is that you can only be a part of this community or you can only, like, work here or be here if you agree with this policy and not if you, like, I don't hear you hearing other people's opinions. And I just want to ask you, like, what kind of community that is when you have to agree with this one thing in order to be a part of this community. And I also just want to say to students that I'm really glad that you guys are here and that you guys deserve better and you deserve adults who want to protect you. And a lot of the adults in this room do want to protect you, but that you deserve the world. You deserve better. So I'm actually not going to respond because I, I don't, uh, I, I, what I just heard was pretty personal. Um, and, um, and I don't want to respond out of emotion. Um, so we got a couple more comments and then I'm going to close. I'm going to close tonight. Yeah. And Ooh, somebody and back two. there. No, nope. oh, yeah, you're good. You, okay. Yeah. Mm. So I guess Mr. Mahoney, the, how this came so abruptly and why, why you're actually going to get the resistance was, I remember getting a text message in regards to this when it was a done deal. So like this was going to happen. Right. And so myself as a parent, growing up, I'm going to say I was a hardhead, right? <laughs> My Latino parents were like, it's their way or the highway. And a lot of times if I express something, it's not my, it's not what I say, it's what I say. As, that's what the parents are. I grew to learn as a parent that I needed to listen, mm -hmm. not dictate. And so throughout my years raising my children, still to this day, I always listen to what students, to what the children say. Mm -hmm. And when we were having this issue um, and the post was made that they were going to come with guns to school, weapons to the school. A couple years ago, did we not have a bomb threat? And I do not recall having, a, we have to do a random search policy. But cause you remember that one, right? At the high school. So sometimes it's when things like that happen, it's going back and asking, how can we fix this? What can we do? Or what should we be doing? And it's the ones that are there. So it would be the students that are there, it would be the community that you're asking for the help. But coming and dictating sometimes is where you're gonna get, catch that resistance. Yep. So I think 
that should have been the way that we should have taken it from the very beginning. I agree. Um, was to first reach out and ask for help versus stating this is what we're going to do. Yep. And people are still going to think that this is a done deal. Um, I get that. I, I, no I, matter how you put it with your if and when, it, it's more of when this happens. And that's the sad part because we were starting to develop um starting to create relationship mm -hmm. um in 2015 it, it's this this was a divided place yeah. yeah okay we have no trust we tried very hard as school committee members to try to regain trust and we started to work on that and now as these things are constantly happening it seems that i'm getting a text message about something happening every week and something's dividing something we need to start looking at working more together, especially now that we're losing Dr. Drake and now we're getting somebody else and we don't even know who that person will be and what kind of person he will, he or she will be. And to your point, you're right. You know, I, I put the cart before the horse here and I made a mistake, which is why um, I, I, and I know how hard it is for folks to be like, yeah, you're really starting from zero, but I, you know, that I'm really starting from zero. As, 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 and the proof will be in the pudding. Right here, and, and then, and then uh, we have two more comments, and then I really have to, I have to close because, uh, yeah. Oh, um, hello. Um, so I heard like really great answers from like you guys, and I want to bring that as I was like kind of confused on like how like um students are gonna feel about like you know getting their stuff being checked and um how that like they're gonna feel anxious about like how they're gonna feel about their stuff's being checked like how it's gonna invade their privacy even though like there's gonna be like stuff like and even though they don't bring like guns and stuff like some students um i'm not sure like and even if like there might be students that are not like perfect and stuff they still deserve that privacy and yeah that's why i believe thank you thank you no problem Something that's bothering me is that when you when you didn't want to respond to that answer, that was too personal for you. But everyone here in this room right now is responding to this event that you're uh, like facilitating because it's personal to them, and that's what's bothering me. And like right now, like I just want to cry, burst into tears, but I'm not. I'm gonna keep looking at you straight in the eye and telling you like everything that you're doing is wrong. Everyone here has been saying these amazing facts, these like hitting you with these hard ass facts, and you're barely responding to any of them, like really like especially when it comes to like you look around and people it's a majority of students and teachers and staff members and parents it's like they all have a problem with this and it's like you're just here like half-assing everyone who's been responding amazingly like that makes no sense at all like and that's what pisses me off I just wanted to call attention to the pepper spray on this list right here because I don't know I just don't see why 
pepper spray should be confiscated if I guess it's a weapon but I've never like in my three years or even before then when my cousin went to school I've never heard an issue with pepper spray at the school if we don't want guns if we don't want knives if we don't want other weapons being brought to the school why are you taking the one thing away from us that is not one of those weapons I have um, friends who walk home. I walk home when I have to. I live all the way in Toke. So walking from Holyoke High to Toke, after a meeting from 4.30, I'm coming home by like five, six o'clock. And that's nighttime, even during the day. There, I've seen many things on the street walking on my way home. I don't feel safe. I had one time where a guy was following me. I didn't feel safe. And then it's like, we're getting the simplest thing that is like on our person and it's like, I've never heard of it being used at school. Like, I just don't see why it should be confiscated if one, it's not being used at school. So I don't see the issue there. I don't see like the problem. I don't get why it's supposed to be confiscated or why it is gonna be confiscated if it's found. And um, I just think it's completely ridiculous. I really do think it's ridiculous because we have students who need to walk home. There's females, there's males who need to walk home. Regardless of whether you're a female or a male, it doesn't matter your gender, you're walking home after school. It's not safe. Whether you're alone or whether you're in a group, I don't feel safe. Jesse, I can talk to you afterwards about the but we kind of hit on that before you were able to come on here and, uh, and had kind of a, I, I'm, I get it, and I'd be committed to working something out with student and family and, and school so that we can do we can we can do yes and bring it but not have it during school and then take it and go home with it kind of thing. So, like I get I get that concern. It's a totally legitimate concern. And even if we, even if we you know, if in a in a uh, search that we normally do, if I came up. And, and with with uh, with pepper spray, it would be the kind of thing where we would contact the family and say, "Listen, what's the deal with this? Yep, she's got it. He's got it. We want them to have it for the walk home, and we'd work out with the family how to uh, make that happen." Okay. Yeah. So I just want to say thank you uh, to folks, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, for coming and for sharing your thoughts and opinions and asking good questions. Um, and uh, like I said, next steps to the person who asked about the next steps, um, we'll, we'll look to have a couple of lunch sessions on both campuses, um, and then uh, and then I'll look to, you know, um, uh, sit with the superintendent and kind of go through the process and where I've landed on, make a recommendation or not make a recommendation, and share that with the whole school community in, in a probably several different forms, including assemblies and including you know. Um, with the school committee and, and uh, with uh, admin teams. I think these kids are begging for an assembly. And I think yes. it's really, really strong and important that these students get their assembly and have those open and real conversations. I'm understanding that you're gonna do small lunch groups. I don't think small lunch groups is enough. I think you also need to do some very large assemblies with these students with expectations because basically what they're saying is they're asking for the expectations to be put up front. And I support them with that. Um, but I will say to your earlier comment, my child is one that is 100% disabled. That is a senior at Holyoke High School. And I'll tell you right now, 
if they just randomly searched her, it would put her on a whole nother realm and the wrath of God would come down on these people because it's not gonna happen to her. But that's what I'm saying, Rebecca. But I, Rebecca, I, then I it get doesn't that. become a random search. It, I understand. I understand so, that point. And that's why I say I know your daughter. So I, you know. So for me, it. for me, I think it's really important that we are um, really mindful that there's all different students that feel all different ways. So although some students feel that this is completely inappropriate, you do have students on the other side that are saying they're not comfortable with the drug use and they don't know how to bring it forward because they don't have the adults to speak. So I think we're, we're looking at a large realm. This is the melting pot. We've got a lot of people in this community yeah. and we need to represent all of them. So everybody's voices need to be listened to, heard, and respected. And we need to work collaboratively to come up with a way to make sure that everybody feels safe, everybody feels secure, and that it's not, we're not going overboard or crazy. And I will say, I understand the comments about the teacher comment. Like I understand where you're coming from and how you felt um, with that comment that was said. I, I don't agree with that comment in the sense that if a teacher is saying that they can't let a student out, there's we've got to work together. It shouldn't always be there's going to be a punitive action. It should be we figure out a way, like this isn't working right now, we can handle it another way without being a punitive action. Um, but again, this does need to be a community coming together for a solution versus us versus them, students versus students, Everybody's got different perspectives, and we need to learn how to respect that. Absolutely. So, thank you. Okay, thank you, guys.